Wellness Force Radio, Episode 3. No, it's not so much that habits are bad or good. It's just that they no longer serve us. And we want to develop habits that serve us to get us to that next level. Welcome to Wellness Force Radio, where you will hear inspiring and passionate experts in the areas of wellness technology and behavior change. Your host, Josh Trent, will empower you with the knowledge and tools you need to take the very best actions in transforming your mindset, your body, and ultimately your life. Now, here's your host. Welcome back to Wellness Force Radio. I'm your host, Josh Trent, and today I am pumped to have one of the top fitness leaders in the world on our show, Kelly Calabrese. A quick background on Kelly. For over two decades, Kelly has been an expert at providing those seeking wellness with programs to make over their bodies and their thinking. She is an award-winning professional who has appeared on CBS, NBC, and Fox, as well as other media outlets to provide consumers with tools for living a life of fitness, wellness, and abundance. Kelly is an author, international speaker, consultant, and coach specializing in women's wellness, fitness boot camps, longevity, and life management. She has captivated and empowered the lives of thousands of people, inspiring them to be their best. She is a consultant with Isogenics and mission marketer with Beyond Organic. I am excited to spend some time with a woman who has essentially committed her life to empowering people through better wellness. Kelly, welcome to the show. Thank you, Josh. It's my pleasure to be here. We're, we're stoked that you would take time out of your schedule. I know you've been traveling, you've been going all around the world. So thank you so much for being here today. And we're excited to kind of dive into who you are and what you do so our listeners can learn more. Thank you. So I know you just got back. We actually had to schedule this a few times. And can you tell the listeners what you've been up to and, and kind of what you've been doing for the past couple of weeks? Absolutely. Yes. I decided to go on a little tour. You know, some of these things almost happen by accident, which is so fun. But I'm from the Northeast and I now live in a suburb of Dallas for the last nine years. So I went back home to visit family and some friends of mine who are trainers who work at a health club asked me if I would come in and speak to their members about metabolism and detox and, you know, youthful aging and and weight management. So I went in and I spoke to them about a nutrition plan. And within 30 days, they had 78 of their members on this nutrition plan. They had completed the 30 day program. And they were calling me going, Kelly, this has never been so fun to stand at the front desk and have these members who've been with us for years training so hard walk in and say, you know, I can't believe how great I feel. And my brain fog is gone and my energy is through the roof. And so I was like, wow, you know, this is great. This is the kind of things I hear every single day. So huh. I went back and I talked to them again and we talked about, you know, maintenance and what about for your kids and what about for the athletes, you know? And so it was so fun. So then I thought, huh, well, that was. I mean, it was great. It was fun. It was fruitful. I'm going to do it again. So then I, I did a little trip to Ohio and I went to a CrossFit and a Pilates studio and we just talked to a bunch of people there. And now I just got back from four days, five cities all over the Northwest and East coast of Florida, got to meet hundreds of people and just really helped to transform lives in positive and far reaching ways. And Friday I leave for Alabama. We're going to do it again. And when do you sleep throughout this process? 
<laughs> um, I'm good about sleeping. I try <laughs> seven plus hours in a night. There's really nothing I need to be doing that late at night that's more important than me, just keeping my body in check and energized. Very cool, Kelly. Well, thanks for sharing that. So just it gives the context to even though you are traveling and doing everything that you have to do to inspire millions, you're also taking care of number one. So thanks for, for pointing that out. I want to talk a little bit about your road. I mean, one of the things when that I love is learning about stories and it's, it's figuring out, you know, from the thought leaders in the world, you know, what their road looks like. I know I've even heard for you that by the time you were 13, you already knew that you were going to be an exercise therapist. So walk, walk people through kind of what your story was leading up to where you are now. Yeah, that is true. I didn't even know what an exercise therapist was at 13, but I wrote it in my journal anyway, because it just came to me and we do things to move towards pleasure. And for me, that was dancing, cheerleading, running, swimming, I mean, softball, anything that I could be signed up for that was active, I wanted to do it. I felt great. And we also do things to move away from pain. And I had a very strong family history of heart disease, diabetes, cancer, obesity, alcoholism. And, you know, I just looked at that and went, ooh, I don't want anything to do with that. And my dad was the oldest living male in his family at the age of 36. So I thought he's not going to see me graduate high school. He's not going to see me get married. He's not going to see me have kids. And thankfully, at 69 years old, he's still around today. But he was one of my inspirations to get my master's degree in cardiac rehabilitation and clinical exercise physiology because I wanted to do everything I could to reach as many people as I could, especially him, until I have no more breath for people to really be living in divine health. So when I turned 17, which was almost 30 years ago, I got certified only because I had to wait that long. And then I went on to achieve three degrees and I think I'm up to like 28 different certifications, but it's been a fun career. I've owned and operated health clubs and I managed corporate fitness centers. I ran a school for nine years to prepare people to become certified fitness pros. And once my kids were born, I started writing, teaching, consulting, editing, spokesperson, media work, anything that I could really do to be home and have that freedom and flexibility to be there when they needed me, but then also be able to go out and and travel and speak when I was able to do that. So that was really fun. And then about four and a half years ago, I got connected to a company called Isogenics, which I think by far has been one of the most impactful, extraordinary, and fun things that I've done. Mm, and I know Isogenics primarily does a lot in the whole body nutritional cleansing, and they're also in the anti-aging. And I'd love to dive into that. But essentially on this show, what we really love is talking about what really makes a difference in people's lives. And I know that's a passion of yours. You've been on shows before and you've talked about not only do you want to empower people in their wellness and their fitness, but also their wealth. Can you talk a little bit about how you've made that shift into teaching people and coaching people about how wealth can be an indicator of stress and how basically how wealth can change your life. Yeah, I did come from a family that were very hard workers. My family worked for the city, but they also always had side jobs. And so I I kind of always had that hard work ethic instilled in me. And so when I got into the training business, And I saw personal trainers who really had a heart to go out there and help their clients. I mean, that's why we all get into this, but they really had very few business skills. And I went around, you know, going to all the industry events, really teaching them how to serve their clients, you know, through the guise of teaching science or customer service. And 
helping them to be paid, respected professionals, which this industry has been evolving. It's still pretty young. It's come a long way. But even myself, I chose the science route and I didn't have the business background except for growing up in business with my family. So I you know, made that a personal mission of mine to help trainers to be good business people. And if you look at the two greatest areas of brokenness that people have, it's typically in their health and their wealth. I mean, if you just go around listening to the conversations that people have, a grand majority of them are somehow going to connect back to how they're feeling or somehow to their finance, finances. And it's usually in the area of lack. Mm-hmm. So I, I was talking to the co-founder of our company the other day, and he said to me, Kelly, the mission of our company is to free people from physical and financial pain. And in the process, we're building the world's largest wellness company. But he, as a retired man who did not need to go back to work, he would look out and he, he would see his friends struggling financially and struggling in their health. And, and even as a wealthy man, there's only so much money you can give to your friends. And if you look at the spectrum of giving, the, the end of the ditch is giving grudgingly, but the other end is to give opportunity. So that's really what I look to do every day is to give someone opportunity. So we're really teaching people to teach people to fish. And when we do that, we can do some major impactful kingdom work that changes a culture. And that's really exciting. And, um, you know, there, there's so many great resources out there for people to, you know, get on a budget and manage their wealth. I like things like Financial Peace University. But I would love for people to just get outside of their their habits because their habits create their reality and their thinking. And anyone can change and anyone can create new habits that are just so much better and serve them just so much more excellently. So I do work with people to, you know, get to increase their income. It's it's not that hard to do. And there are no barriers to do that except their own thinking. So it's just really providing them the tools to, you know, be able to have the income that they desire to match their dreams and goals. Sure. And you, you bring up a great point when you say the keyword habits. A lot of people, and myself included, something that I've struggled with, even as a trainer, as a fitness professional, is k- taking care of others, putting others first, and maybe missing out on my own personal habits that, that deliver great wellness for me. So I'd love to get your take on where you see, I know I know NASM just came out with a behavior change specialization certificate. I'm actually taking that and I'll be certified in that soon. Where do you see trainers morphing into coaches and how will people use technology to elicit behavior change so that people can install these systems for long-term sustainability? Right. That's all, that, those are all great points. Um, some of the things that have really helped me to change my thinking, and you know, it's not so much that habits are bad or good. It's just that they no longer serve us. And we want to develop habits that serve us to get us to that next level. A book that really helped me was called The Compound Effect. And another that's by Darren Hardy, who's the editor of um, Success Magazine. 
also the ripple effect by Doug Grady. And they're very, very similar in just, you know, that one little drop in the pond and the ripple effect that it has on so many incredible things. I'm right at the tail end of finishing a coaching program right now called Growth You. And it is all about changing your habits in every area of your life. And one of the things that I love is that it only allows you to focus on the positive, only on the things you're thankful for, only on the reasons why you should be working on that next habit and getting to the next level. And I think for most people, it's easy to slip in and go, oh, well, that's not working, or I fell short here, or this wasn't good enough. And it it doesn't allow you to do that. So when you get some momentum going in the right direction with your habits, that's when you have breakthrough. And again, there's lots of great programs and books and, and tools out there to help you do that. And technology is one of them. I mean, let's face it, my kids who are in middle school, it's just so intuitive for them. Everything has to do with technology. And for people who are, you know, techie, analytical, they are all over that. And even for people who are pretty simple, it's easy for them to find a niche with technology and hopefully in, in a healthy way. We don't want people to get obsessed with staring at their tablets and phones But having that feedback, even if it it is from an app and not a real person, if it's just a proprietary system, or, um, you know, just having that accountability, knowing you've got to check in. Well, this program that I'm using right now, we get points, you know, for going in every day and and doing our activities and doing our growth assignments. And people, you know, they, they, a lot of times, they just feel like no one's paying attention to them. They don't have any guidance. They're out there on their own. And being part of a program, even if it's an app or through technology, makes them feel a part of something. And they're around people who are positive and moving forward. And it encourages them to do the same. Yeah. And it's interesting, too, because you talk about these um, devices or apps or whatever it might be to remind people of how they're showing up. You know, how is someone actually treating themselves? Are they doing what they promised themselves to do, whether it's steps or sleep or calories? Are you using in your in your practice or even personally, Kelly, are you using anything yourself like a wearable device or a fitness app? Um, you know, my kids do. I'm not great about it. I still use my polar heart rate monitor. That's kind of the, been the one I've had on my wrist for about yeah, yeah. I've upgraded a few times, but I do use my heart rate monitor. I have clients with Apple Watches, and my kids have the Fitbits, and they love it. I mean, my kids are very active, but I have clients who check, and they compare between each other, and they go home, and they download it. And um, it's not something that personally motivates me that way. I'm just not competitive that way. But for people who are, I I think it's a gift. I mean, I have clients, um, especially I find like accountants and people who love, you know, math and systems and formula, they get into it and it just works for them. So it can work for anyone if you decide it can work for you. Awesome. And it's cool that you you talked about kids in school now because these are going to be the clients of the future, right? So these are going to be you know people in their 20s in five to 10 years. So the Gen Y, the Gen X, whatever generation you're in, I think everyone can benefit from this technology. Fabio Kamana and I talked a couple weeks back about certain things that he sees trainers moving into coaches for. And a lot of this revolves around being a digital health uh, persona for someone. So whether it's an app in your pocket or a device you wear on your wrist, these are the ways that are really going to keep people accountable for the long term. Can you touch on how you've seen systems in place that might make people, and it can be technology or not, what systems have you seen, Kelly, that actually sustain that behavior change for clients and people? Well, probably about 
20 years ago, I started doing online training. In fact, I was named by Personal Fitness Professional of the Year as the online trainer of the year. And that was, I don't know, a couple decades ago. So I've been doing online training for at least 15 years, maybe more. And it allowed me, you know, as a trainer, our circle of influence is pretty small. It's anywhere from, you know, it's just a small radius. How far are people willing to drive? Even if you're great, you know, even if you're a celebrity trainer, people are not going to drive, you know, more than an hour to get to you. With the online, it opens us up to being international. And I did have international clients. And so that's exciting to me that I can be in Dallas, Texas, and I can help people in New Jersey or California or Puerto Rico, New Zealand, anywhere. So, you know, that is definitely very exciting. There's not, you know, specifically one tool or technique that I like or that I would specifically give a name for. But um, I was the lead fitness expert for e-diets and e-fitness, you know, back like 2000 to 2005 when it was really just starting to happen. That was before Weight Watchers was even online. Oh, wow. Yeah, it was a long time ago. And, you know, it, it was a great proprietary system where people could go in and they could enter their preferences. So uh, I've got a shoulder injury. I need a salt sensitive diet. Um, uh, this is my goal to run my first 5K. And it would develop a program for them based on the algorithm of the personal things that they chose. And of course, now things are even more sophisticated than that. But it works for people because it gives them a reminder every day. It comes into their their phone or their tablet and it tells them, here's your program. Check in, log in your food. It gives them feedback. So it it is definitely very valuable. And I only see it growing. I don't see it going away. People love that. I mean, if you look at the people who have gone to the gym, you know, they've been going to the gym forever. Their bodies haven't changed because they, they do the same workout. They have the same habits. But if they were receiving a new workout every week, every month, every day, you'd, they would you know, stay consistent and see transformation. And I think that's what's essential about training, especially for people where it's, you know, the gimme now nation. We want variety. People, people thrive off of differentiation and having something that's new all the time. And I think what's hard is there's really no shortcut per se to being healthy and living a good, well-balanced life. From what you've dealt with over the past 20 plus years, has there been any key variables or any key commonalities that you've seen, Kelly, across the board of certain ways that people can be, certain ways that people can behave and beyond just eating right and exercising, is there any kind of belief systems um, that you've seen that have really been a, a pivoting point for people to succeed? Yeah, I, I think definitely. I mean, the word decide in Latin means to cut off any other possibility. So it does start with someone's decision to you know, long, no longer eat ice cream every night or to get to the gym in the morning or whatever. It starts with a decision. And even before that, it starts with belief. So on a scale of one to 10, what's your belief in yourself? What's your belief in the program that you're about to begin? You know, what's the, the belief level needs to be high. If it's not high, then you see people quickly slipping back to old habits. So we need to get their belief increased in themselves, that it's possible that your body can respond and, and it can transform. And then, you know, finding a program that works and believing in it. So we need to show them the evidence of what's possible. And again, with technology, that's so easy. We can show them transformations of people that look just like they did before. Yes, yes. Or they want to look after. 
yeah, I think that it's easier than ever to help people do that. There, it, it's up to them. I mean, if if someone is not seeing results, there really is no excuse for it because we can work with anything wherever they are. It is never too late. We know their bodies are amazing. Their minds are amazing. We're only using a fraction of our capacity. So we just need to get them to say yes and then (laughs) just show up. That's cool. I have a t-shirt that says yes on it and I I wear it as much as humanly possible because there's a, there's a certain way, like I like how you said the Latin word of decide is to just cut off all other options. But when, when we say the word yes, that, that instills a belief of yes, I can, or yes, I'd like to do something else, right? The word no has this negative connotation. Right. I was with a group in Florida the other day and this one woman said, well, I'll try. And I said to the whole audience, I said, okay, I want everyone to say, I'll try. So they did. I said, say it again. They said, I'll try. I said, now say, I will. And just the power of the boom of I will that went across the room. I mean, you could just feel the difference between I'll try and I will. (laughs) It just goes through your body and you're in agreement and you line up. You're like, yes, this is possible. I can do it. And then you just keep that momentum going forward, knowing there may be some setbacks, but it's okay. If, you know, 80% of the time you're making good choices, you're moving in the right direction, it's life. It's not going to be perfect. Success is not linear. As long as there's betterment every day and you're making better choices, then you're headed in the right direction. Absolutely. And, and on top of that, I almost feel like these, the beliefs, you know, you have to decide, you have to have belief systems that are structured around your goal, around your quest for health. Those beliefs, as we know, can be tested. And, and time and time again, people might achieve a goal for something short term, like a wedding or, you know, a high school reunion or whatever it might be. And I think it really stems in what I've seen in my own life is the long term sustainability is something that involves community. It's something that involves people that you care about, your family, your friends, people that love you. So I'm thinking about here in the fitness space, there's gamification programs, there's technology that can involve people in fitness challenges, whether it's step counting or something in a gym where whoever does the most reps wins. Have you seen any kind of gamification, which is, by the way, just a fun way of saying community? Um, Have you seen anything involving gamification uh, in gyms or, or even in the fitness community that people are clinging to, that people are gravitating towards? Absolutely. I mean, even just going back almost 30 years ago when I started as a group fitness instructor, there's so much power to the group, whether it's in person or it's virtual. I mean, look at social media, obviously, things like Facebook, Instagram, that is here to stay. It connects people, it supports people, and they're going to join like-minded groups. So if they're in a dark, ugly place, those are the groups that they join and they just wind up spiraling down. But for the people who are looking for something better, who want to connect with people who are ahead of where they are and can help them, those are easy to find too. So that's one of the first things that I do. I have a Facebook page where I coach everyone and I get them connected right away. So every once in a while I go, hey, you know, we've got, uh, you know, Joe joining us and hey, Joe's into MMA. Who's into MMA? You know, and, and all of a sudden, all these guys, I do Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, I do, you know, Muay Thai, and they all start jumping in. Or, hey, you know, so-and-so is a musician. Where are musicians? And people start jumping in. So right away, there's a common thread. You know, Sally's a new mom. Where's our new moms? Let's give her some encouragement. And they love that. And right away, they don't feel alone. They don't feel like, okay, I just received a diet plan. <laughs> yes. 
okay, that's daunting. It's like, you know, I've been here before. I've tried 13 different diets. What's different about this? And it is the community because on the day where you feel like, oh, I don't know if I can do this. I'm just having cravings or I've got, you know, a dinner to go to and you log on and you're like, oh my goodness, look at Mary. She's on the beach. Look at her 30 day transformation. And look at her. I had a guy today, 18 months ago, he started on my team. He lost 200 pounds in under a year, and his sister lost 200 pounds in exactly a year. 18 months later, he showed the side-by-side picture. This weekend, he did one of those races, those mud races, Mm -hmm. and he was in the top 20% for his age group. He's 49 years old. And I mean, 18 months ago, he said, I would have never believed that this would have happened. And on my team, we have helped several, I mean, over 10 people lose 100 pounds last year. That's significant and keep it off. As a company, we've helped over 400 people lose 100 pounds and keep it off. So we get them in the 100 pound club and now they're connected to like-minded people and they have hope. Yes. Hope being the key, really, because those belief systems, as we talked about, can be challenged. And I think when I when I really look at the women that I've trained, 80 percent of my clients have been have been women in my past. And I know that women you know, need support and men need support. But there's something unique and special about the momentum that women can build in a community of just women. So I, I see a lot of things that are that are coming up in the future around technology that, that are really female centric. There's some devices that are being built. I think Tori Birch even has a Fitbit. Right. Have you seen that one? I have not, no. And there's this advancing technology and really what we're looking at here is a way to involve people so that they can have a circle of friends and a circle of community that that encourages and empowers this behavior, this behavior of fitness, this behavior of wellness, this behavior that actually is going to keep them accountable in the long run. So really, really cool topic, Kelly. I want to shift into our last piece of questions. And this is really where we define your wellness. You know, what do you define um, as a leader and as someone who's tri- who's really traveled essentially all around the world. What have you seen that that really becomes your definition of wellness? What does wellness mean to you? That's a great question. You know, I would love to see every single person walking in divine health. And that's basically how our body was designed to get up, let your feet hit the floor, have energy to last you throughout the day, have a clear mind, have good digestion, have good you know, mental capacity, physical strength, endurance, despair. I mean, I want that for everyone. And anything short of that is really just unacceptable. And uh, at almost 46 years old, I can say I've never been sick one day in my life. I don't wear glasses. Everyone said, you're going to hit 40. You're going to be glad. I'm for- almost 46. I don't wear glasses. You know, your, your body is so amazing and it always wants to be well, no matter what you do to it. So even if you you know, just have poor habits chronically, eventually that will catch up to you. But you can also reverse that at any given time. It is never too late. The body is so incredible. We can lower inflammation. We can remove toxins from your body. There's just so much that we can do. So really, you know, the the, the big things are sleep. You know, I do make sure I sleep seven hours a night and we know the science is there. People who are sleeping less, if it's six, five, four hours, their chances of obesity go up, their incidence of toxicity goes up, their hormones get thrown off and that changes everything. And so something as simple as sleep, that's good news. We're telling you to sleep more. Shut down the technology and I can get 
Um, water, hydration. Your body's made of 70 plus percent water. Let that be your beverage of choice. We just need to grab hold of your common sense. I mean, when you go to the grocery store now, you, there's like three beverage aisles. I mean, what is that? And what, you know, just the gourmet coffees and the, the supercharged caffeinated drinks and I mean, water, you know, maybe some green tea once in a while, but you know, just simple things like that. Move your body every day. There's an unlimited amount of options. If you don't want to leave your house, you can go onto your TV and download all these, you know, different workout programs and you can get DVDs. And, you know, if you love yoga, CrossFit, I mean, there's just so many options now. It is unbelievable. And all these different cross type things that you can do combining different disciplines and move your body every day. Eat wholesome, real, natural, organic, as close to raw foods as possible. Get rid of everything processed. You know, these are simple things. And then the mind, have quiet time, meditate, pray. I mean, whatever that looks like for you, you just need to turn it off and, and turn in and, and have that reflection time where you can consider where am I, what's working, what's not working. And it's really not any more complicated than that. You know, steer body, exercise common sense, learn to say no at times. I mean, don't overload your schedule and you know, really take, take care of your body, treat it well. Absolutely. And, and what, you know, I've seen in print, not only for the past 10 years, but especially as technology increases is going to be finding the balance. You know, you talk about sleep and exercise and food and eating the proper nutrition and also hydrating. There is so much information and so many choices. I mean, this is the ultimate age of information. And where I see things going, and I'd love to get your thoughts on this, is these devices, this technology and everything around us, it's essentially mirrors of mindfulness. All it's doing is pointing to us and allowing us to quote, as you had said, you know, live more simply, like be more accountable to these basic fundamentals of living. What are your thoughts on, on technology actually, you know, being something that's driven people to be sedentary and to be overworked? Now it's this beautiful double-edged sword. Do you feel that technology has the power now to return people to that more simplistic lifestyle? It definitely can. Technology can absolutely serve us, but we should not be a slave to it. So, Again, you need to exercise common sense. If you find yourself sitting for eight, nine, ten straight hours and you're spending more time on Facebook when you can be out doing anything else. But know? I love Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> I love Facebook too. I spent a lot. That's how I build my business. I spent a lot of time on Facebook, but not at the expense of I'm in my office on Facebook and my family is out on the golf course running around riding bikes, throwing a Frisbee. I'm not missing out on that. Oh, my family's in the pool. Facebook can wait. <laughs> you know, you need to... <laughs> You know, the kids are going fast. We're all getting older. Time's going by. So you need to, I mean, I'm sure you've seen these pictures of there's, you know, friends dining and every one of them is staring down at their phone. That That's just ridiculous. Oh know? my gosh. Absolutely. Picks their phone up first, pays the bill. That's the rule. You know, we should be <laughs> a meal without having to, you know, check our social media. So you need to stop yourself. For example, I even noticed myself, as I said before, I don't wear glasses, but I noticed my eyes were starting to feel strained. So my vision is good, but from staring at the screen so much and 
that's when I go, okay, too much time on the screen. Let me look away from the screen. Let me take breaks. Let me set my technology to remind me that every hour I need to get up for 10 minutes and look away from the screen and go for a walk and get some fresh air and, you know, do something other than stare at the screen. So the technology is great to keep you on a schedule. For example, it's time to go to bed, you know, (laughs) Um, or even to, it's time to work out, schedule in healthy things. It's time to, you know, call a friend, go for a walk, um, you know, cook, prepare your food for the week, whatever it might be. So use technology to serve you, but not be a, a slave to it where it becomes an obsession at the expense of, you know, human interaction and movement. Yes, yes. And, you know, in, a, in a, about three days, once once this episode is actually live on iTunes, this conference will have ended. But I'm going to the Quantified Self Conference in San Francisco. And a few device manufacturers are in fitness are going to be there. And, and you touched on a great point. You know, let technology serve you, but don't be a slave to it. And there is this kind of left brain versus right brain when it comes to tech. And I think that what I would love to be able to discover at this conference and share with you and share with other people that are really the thought leaders is how can this technology actually be seamless enough? to make an impact and to not make people um, tie it to their waist and depend on it, but really to, to empower them. And I would love to, to send you some information and possibly if that resonates with you, you could share it with other people, Kelly. But I want to finish up by just asking you one final question, and this is a do's. So get ready for this one. Are you, are you prepared? I'm ready. Okay. So imagine 80 years from now, it's your last day on earth and you just learned that everything you've ever created, all your books, your articles, everything that your powerful contributions, they're all gone. Someone has deleted everything. So from your life and and from everything you've learned, you have a page of writing to leave behind for the next generation. What would you say to them? I would say to live with tomorrow in mind that you're powerful, that you're positioned to influence the world, that every one of you has a purpose, that there will be challenges, but your decisions will matter. And um, to think big, to be bold and um, to love every single day. Mm, I just jumped out of my chair. I wish you could see me right now. That was awesome. Thank you for that, Kelly. Awesome. Thank you, Josh. How can our listeners learn more about what you're up to? Where can they go to learn more? Yeah, they can go to my website. It's Kelly Calabrese, K-E-L-L-I-C-A-L-A-B-R-E-S-E.com. I'm actually in the process of rebranding, so um, everything will be new there soon, but they can certainly get my contact info and connect with me on Facebook as well. Excellent. And I just want to say in parting, you know, I just want to honor you for everything that you've been doing for 20 plus years. That takes a tremendous amount of motivation and a connection to heart and a connection to why you're doing what you're doing. So I just want to really honor what you do for the entire world for fitness and wellness, Kelly. Well, thank you so much, Josh. You're awesome. I appreciate what you're doing and just believing it's going to reach millions of people and change lives. Yes, yes. Well, we'll see you sometime down the road. Thanks again for being on the show, Kelly. Super. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to the show. Head on over to wellnessforce.com slash radio for all the links, show notes, and bonus content. If you're interested in changing old habits with new technology, download your free digital health transformation guide at wellnessforce.com slash radio. Radio.